Okay now, I'm here. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. It's Sunday night. It's the Joel Mahalik Show, and I'm really happy to see everybody here. See, I can see you here because I am also letting it rip on Facebook Live, so you can also watch me there and listen to the show. Um, thanks. I, I see my, my friend Bert checking in on the Facebook Live. Uh, you can also listen over at uh, Spreaker.com. But you know what? Why don't I just get the business out of the way instead of doing it in piecemeal? So if you want to join me online and do some things with us. You can visit me at joelmahalik.com. That's Joel, M-I-C-H-A-L-E-C.com. That is the website. If you want to chat with me during the live broadcast, you have to sign in, sign up for free at Spreaker.com, and then sign in during the live show. And the chat room will be open. And, uh, in fact, I see my... My producer, Mr. Tony Richards, in the chat room. Uh, follow me on Facebook at JM Talk and Twitter at WQYB Radio. So that's all. That's the business. That's how you get a hold of us here, there, and everywhere along the internet. Uh, I'm glad everybody's here. As I said, I'm joined in the chat. Hi, Mr. Tony Richards in the Spreaker chat. Um, what a great guy. What a wonderful producer. Very supportive of the, sh- of the show. And uh, if you have a podcast, you're thinking about podcasting, or you're doing radio and you need great production work, then you need to get hooked up with Mr. Tony Richards over there at Thunder Lake Studios. So there is that. I want to welcome everybody to the show. I don't know, is anyone watching the Oscars? I mean, seriously, if you want to watch a grown man cry on national television, take advantage of the national stage the boo-hoo about his political agenda, then hop on over there because Jimmy Kimmel is hosting it. Otherwise, you can stay here and hang out with me and we'll have some fun. You can DVR the Oscars and then you can laugh at Jimmy Kimmel later on uh, for whatever it is that Jimmy Kimmel does. But um, I was thinking about like the, the Oscars. I mean, is there anyone left in Hollywood anymore that can make movies? I mean, <laughs> I just don't know. With all the sexual harassment stuff, and believe me, I'm not taking anything away from the victims. I'm just saying there's been so much that you have to wonder if there's anyone left to make movies anymore. So, I don't know. But they're having a big party tonight called the Oscars, and it's an annual thing. And, you know, tape it if you want. I don't know. So, if you want to chat with me also, I mean, if you got my Skype, I'm on Skype. Uh, I would say text me, but the phone is out in the outside room tonight. Uh, in lieu of the iPad being in here running the running the um, the Facebook Live event, 
I'm going to stay on Facebook Live. So if you're just tuning into the show, and if you're on Facebook Live, as I said earlier, I won't be able to answer comments. I will look and check and answer comments after the show. I just can't do that during the show. And when I'm looking up here and not down here at you find people, it's because I'm looking at the production stuff uh, to make sure that I do things right. And I'm really lost without my... Like my phone is my clock in here. It sits up here and it's my clock and I don't have it. Anyway. So, um... There you are. Next Sunday, I don't want anybody to forget this. That's why I'm going to tell you this weekend, next week. Next Sunday, Daylight Savings Time starts. And I thought it ended. I thought when you lost an hour of sleep, it, like it was over. You know what I mean? Because it, it sounds like that, right? The love is lost. And so you feel like, oh, man, it's over. It's gone. So, but that's not that's not the case. It starts next Sunday. Um, so that's Saturday night to you and I. And I'm telling you this because I don't want you to miss the show. So next Sunday, next Saturday night, Sunday morning, 2 a.m., do what I do. Before I go to bed, I just go around and change all the clocks. So you're going to lose an hour of sleep unless you sleep in on Sunday, which hopefully you can. Most of us can. I hope you can sleep in. Who cares? So I want to make sure that I told you about that, which I did. Da, 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 da. Okay. So let's see here. I have a note here. Oh, yeah. So I want to talk about um, uh, the, the big thing happening. JoelMahalik.com. Uh, the Joel Mahalik Show. It, everything's going through a rebranding. And, uh, of course, then in a couple of weeks, hopefully, uh, the video series, How Stuff's Done, will come out uh, on YouTube and, of course, on the website. And so I want to give a couple shout-outs. One to Darlene, uh, my friend Darlene, who is uh, being uh, very gracious and consultant on graphics and branding. And um, also uh, my good friend Tony Marion, uh, independent filmmaker, who is has done some beautiful work on the titles uh, for the video series. So I want to give some shout-outs to them. And um, hi, Polly, My friend Polly checking in on the Facebook Live. Check that out. So uh, just some props there for some people that are involved behind the scenes on what is going on around here. I may almost be done with those notes. I can put them over here. But let's talk about this. I was, I was looking at... Uh, National Day, National Month, you know, it's National Blah Blah Day. For example, Friday, which was the first Friday of March, is National Employee Appreciation Day. That makes sense, right? That's something that makes sense. But there are so many really weird National Something Day, National Something Month. And, uh, and I wanted to go over a couple of them, but before I did, I wanted to tell you that among some other things, today, March 4th, is National Pound Cake Day. And so what I did was, for my enjoyment, is I have Pound Cake uh, for National Pound Cake Day because it's, it's National Pound Cake Day. So, And I just wanted to celebrate with you because, as I said, we're in a relationship here, you and, you and I. And I wanted to celebrate by having mm, some pound cake. Now, of course, the problem with pound cake, as you know, is it's a little dry. Why it has its own day, I have no idea. But, mm, I wish you guys can taste this. This is really good. My wife, the lovely Sharon, made this for us. Okay. I was going to eat the whole thing. But I figured that was kind of rude. And, 
And my producer, Mr. Tony Richards, hates radio silence. It's like a pet peeve. So, there's nothing really weird about March 4th, except National Pancake Day. What I noticed about March, and of course I haven't looked at other months months yet, and we will as we embark on this journey, right? But um, there's a lot of food in this month. So, for example, I'll just go over a couple of the days from the beginning of the month. I didn't bring them all. But, uh, for example, National Peanut Butter Lover's Day, March 1st. Now, interesting. Uh, that coincides with the fact that March is National Peanut Month. And so, I don't know about that. National Pig Day on March 1st. I don't know if that's like pig as in the pet or pig as in the food. I don't know. I, I I'm going with the food part because of all the foods involved in March that get national days. March 3rd, National Cold Cut Day. Uh, March 2nd, National Banana Cream Pie Day. I would have preferred that to be on March 4th on the show, and I would have eaten that in front of you. Uh, No problem. (laughs) Uh, Other weird stuff. March 2nd, National Old Stuff Day. National Old Stuff Day. What the hell does that mean? Why do we have a day to celebrate old stuff? What kind of old, what kind of old stuff are we supposed to be celebrating? I have no idea. But um, uh, March 5th, National Cheese Doodle Day. National Cheese Doodle Day. And March 6th, National Frozen Foods Day. So when we look at the month, uh, we have, uh, here we go, some foods. National Peanut Month, I said National Sauce Month. I don't know, does that mean any kind of sauce? I, I don't know. National Nutrition Month, National Noodle Month, National Frozen Food Month, National Flour Month, as in the flour that you bake with, National Celery Month, National Caffeine Awareness Month. It, it's weird that it's National Nutrition Month because we have banana cream pie and pound cake that we're celebrating. And sauce, I mean, yeah, there could, there could be a lot of bad things in sauces, depending on what kind of sauce you're making. But we have holidays for these things. And it's really weird that we're, that, that we're celebrating them. Some other weirdos for March. National Umbrella Month. Now, I don't understand this one, and let me tell you why. March is, is crazy, and I'm, I'm actually hating March more and more every year. Uh, because of, like, the weather that we had... Um, just this past week, you know, like Thursday, Friday, and you know, the damage that it's caused, this is what March is, is becoming more and more. And, um, so it's weird that it's national umbrella month because this is the, this is the kind of month where the weather will break your umbrella. So, um, and then there were some other ones that are, are interesting and I think worthy of having a month. There are, as I said, there are some good reasons to have these kinds of uh, awarenesses. Uh, National Breast Implant Awareness Month. Now, I'm not sure why it's the implants. Um, I guess because of some of the, the dangers that they cause. Um, National Brain Injury Awareness Month. I am aware of that because uh, of my wife does have some brain injuries. And then, of course, March being the month of St. Patty's Day. Irish American Heritage Month. Like, who didn't know that? Um... So, and then there's, there's some other ones. There's a lot of them. 
And it's just... Um, oh, also, March is Multiple Sclerosis Awareness Month, MS. So if you know somebody with MS, it is... Um, it, would, it, it would be a chance for you to uh, check in with them, um, be mindful of those kinds of problems. So almost every month has one or more some sort of awareness for uh, a health thing. Also, it appears, as I see here on the uh, Facebook live chat, it's also National Pauletta's birthday month. So happy early birthday to her celebrating later on this month. And that's all I'll say. If you're if you're on there with her, you'll see what day. But it's not for me to pass that kind of information along. So I thought what would be neat is... Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cover myself up. What I thought would be neat is that each week, if I can remember, uh, I will try to talk about some of the different national days. And each month, probably in the beginning of the month, like we are now... Uh, also talk about some of the national uh, things being celebrated month long. Some of the things that make sense and some of the things that are kind of corny. Uh, but um, but you know I want to I want to focus on that. I want to focus on doing more things like that to bring some fun to the show. I mean, it was really fun having pound cake, right? And speaking of which, I mean, it's just going to sit here and get stale if I don't partake in it. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. In spirit, I'm sharing it with all of you. Because we have that relationship, you and I. All of us. I'll send you flowers tomorrow. I'll post them on Facebook. How's that? <laughs> um, <clears throat> corn, beef, and cabbage day. Along with green eggs and ham. In March? I didn't see that. It makes sense, but I didn't, I didn't see that. Um... There's also something else interesting. Wait a minute, let me go back a second. There was something else interesting. And it was National Read Across America Day, also known as Dr. Seuss Day. And uh, what's interesting about that is it gives you promise. I'm sorry, I got something in my eye. My finger, that's what's in my eye. Um, what's interesting with that is I, 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 I'm very critical of the education system anymore. And this, this points out that if this day falls on a weekend, then it has to be moved to the closest school day. So, um, so there you have it. There's that. Um, tonight, uh, when we come back, actually, in a few minutes, we're going to take the quick 90-second break. And um, we are going to get into homelessness. Uh, big thing uh, for me, uh, a big thorn in my side that we have this kind of problem in the, in the United States. And you'll hear why with some different things that I'll give you, um, my blog, which is posted on the Facebook page at JM Talk, uh, you can get the link from my blog there, I don't have it at the top of my head, and it, it's better if you just follow a link anyway, right, but on my blog, some time ago, I wrote a blog about homelessness, so I'm going to reference some of that material, because it's still uh, relevant today, and uh, some interesting things pop up on the, on the blog, you can read it if you'd like. You know, one thing I, I, I always tell people, and I will always tell people, is that uh, we all, one of the great things about this country is that we all are allowed to have our own opinion. And that's something that has uh, gotten kicked to the wayside uh, lately in this country, and which is why 
um, you know, on this reincarnation of myself in this radio program. I'm not talking to talk politics because you can't have a rational political conversation anymore. So we might teeter, as I say. As I say, we may teeter. I may teeter more. I'll actually step on some things in my blog, but I try to keep things very center in my blog as well, no matter what I'm talking about. And uh, But it's important to remember that we all have opinions. And it doesn't matter whether you agree with my opinion or I agree with your opinion. What is most important is that we respect each other's opinion. And we respect the fact that we are allowed to have opinions on any and all subject matter. Uh, so that's really important. So um, I, 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 I want to say that I don't think that any of us should have to tolerate being uh, verbally abused because of our opinion. And uh, so certainly I'm not going to have it here. Uh, so... Yeah, that's sort of like a little disclaimer too. I mean, whatever you hear on the program is, you know, it is my opinion and it's, you know, you don't have to like it. Um, but we're in this relationship, but I'm sort of doing all the talking. So you, you're stuck listening to my opinion is really what it boils down to. <laughs> and um, when we come back, the segment, when I come back from break, is going to be on homelessness, homelessness. And uh, we'll be talking about um, a couple different areas of that. Um, that concerns me and it shouldn't, I mean, it should concern you as well. And maybe you are going to hear for the first time some interesting things about uh, the subject matter, but we'll find out. What I'm going to do is take that 90 seconds and when we come back, we'll hop right on it. So don't go anywhere. I'm coming right back. So I use my computer every day. I'm not even sure how I get along without it. But I wasn't prepared for a virus. A Trojan, they called it. One night I'm cruising along, and the next night I can't do anything. I was afraid it was going to cost me a fortune. Boy, was I surprised. They had me back up and running the same day I called them. I really like PC Tech Rescue. And you know what? My wallet likes them too. Are you troubled by computer problems? PC Tech Rescue should be your very next call. Whether the problem is viruses, hardware, software, or any other issue, they can diagnose your problem and have you back up and running fast. With more than 25 years of industry experience, you can be sure you are getting dependable and affordable service. Call today, 484-429-6061, or email us at pctechrescue at gmail.com. Welcome back to the show. It's the Joel Mahalik Show, and I'll bet you a dollar I know who I am. I'm Joel Mahalik. Thanks for joining me. You want to join me online? Visit me at joelmahalik.com, Joel, M-I-C-H-A-L-E-C.com. If you want to chat with me during the live broadcast, you have to sign up at Spreaker.com. And then you can log in while the show, while the show is live, and then you can chat. If you log on when the show is not live, you can still leave a comment. And you can follow me on Facebook at JM Talk and Twitter at WQIB Radio. Now, I just finished the pound cake for National Pound Cake Day. So, that's done and out of the way. <laughs> 
my daughter, Mary-Kate, loves my shirt, which is cool because we got you one similar to it. So, there you go. If you haven't been told yet. And if you weren't supposed to know that, oops. So, all right, folks, welcome back to the show. I want to talk to you about homelessness. This is a real problem for me in this country, and it's because we look at the problems that we're having in America and something like homelessness. You say to yourself, how can we allow people to be homeless? So we're going to come back to that question in a different way. But so back in 2014, I wrote a blog. I'm going to bounce around. I should have had these papers separated. And it's on my blog called Joel Mahalik Randoms. And the link is on the Facebook page. Actually, last week's op-ed is on there as the link, so that'll get you there. But back in August of 2014, I wrote one, and this is going to be a recurrent thing, a recurrent theme on the show here. Solving our nation's problems. And I wrote about homelessness. And the approach I took at the time had to do with the amount of money that we send annually. Now, we send a lot of money annually to a lot of people. And that, in itself, should make you angry. And in 2014, my focus was on $400 million a year that we sent annually to Hamas, which I think most of us would consider them to be a terrorist organization. So my blog back then concentrated on taking that money and how we can put it to good use with just the homeless problem. And so then when I was concocting this story, concocting this story, when I was developing the theme for this week and putting the show together, I went out because I didn't want to come to you with bad information. Um, you know, we learned our lesson broadcasting that 12 years ago. And I was actually, I went out on a mission to find out if we're still giving $400 million a year to Hamas. But what I found out was, while I was looking for that, and this is enough information for me to tackle, is uh, this factoid here. According to the U.S. Consulate in Jerusalem, the United States has been the largest donor of aid to the Palestinians since the signing of the Oslo Accords in 1994. This aid has totaled around $600 million annually in recent years. And of course, it's divided into three categories. Now, so this is for aid for, what did I read? Uh, it's divided into three areas. Uh, some of it goes to the Palestinian Authority. Support for debt relief, such as helping to pay the medical debts of Palestinians in Israel or other foreign hospitals. Sanitation, economic development in the public and private sectors. Infrastructure development, education, governance, health and essential humanitarian... Human, why is that a hard word for me tonight? Humanitarian assistance to the Gaza Strip. I'm not insensitive... The people's problems. I'm not. But $600 million a year. When we have people living on a street. Is absurd to me. Let's call it absurd. Let's use a nice word. 
because it really makes my blood boil. But we'll say absurd. So I'm off running looking for $400 million to Hamas, and instead I find $600 million a year to the Palestinian Authority for all of this stuff. And then we have people living on the street. They're hungry. They're homeless. They can't get work for whatever reason. And there's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of reasons. So if I go back to... I'll go back to my blog in a minute. Let me talk to you about Los Angeles. So now we have... This is the third piece. I told you there were about three pieces to my story. That's the money end of it right there. Woohoo! Facts. In Los Angeles... The police are going crazy arresting homeless people. Mm-hmm. Going nutsoid. Um, and it's become a real big problem in the last couple of years, and uh, it's hiked up a very large percent in the last few, we- few years. Did I mess up my papers? I think I might have messed up my papers. Anyway. So, of course... L.A. officials have denounced, quote-unquote, criminalizing homelessness. However, officers made 14,000 arrests of homeless people in the city in 2016, which is a 31% increase over 2011. 31%. But they're not criminalizing it, but they're arresting them. They're, They're arresting them. Regularly. 14,000 homeless people arrested in one city in one year. But we're not criminalizing it. So, and here's the thing. Then you get a fine. Okay? You get a fine when you're arrested. Now, let me find that fact sheet. That's a beautiful fact sheet. Sorry, I'm jostling around. You wouldn't normally see this because it would be theater of the mind if you're listening on speaker, but the people on Facebook are probably going to put the papers down. So you have you get a fine, right? You get arrested, you get processed, you get a fine of $35. Okay? And then, on top of that, you have a dollar for night court. $4 for an, for an air ambulance fine. $7 for a criminal surcharge. $35 conviction fee. $40 to pay for court security, $8 emergency medical uh, surcharge, $20 to support the DNA lab, $20 to support courthouse construction, $28 county penalty fund, $40 state of California penalty fund. And so now you have a $238 fine. And then what happens to most of these people? They can't pay the fine. They're not working. They're homeless, right? So they can't pay the fine. And then what happens? Then they get arrested again. Okay? So in LA in 2016, here is the percentages of why homeless people are arrested. Uh, Trespassing, 5%. Now, trespassing in LA means if you're sitting on a sidewalk where you're Let's say there's no loitering. Guess what? You're trespassing. You're arrested. Shoplifting, 8%. I can see where that would be a problem because you're homeless. You're hungry. Supervision violation, meaning parole or probation violation, 
10%. Another 10% for drug possession. 22% of the arrests were for failure to appear in court. I mean, what would you do seriously if you got a fine for being homeless? I mean, when you're not really in a position to just jostle on down to court. You're not in a position to pay the fine. The $35 fine, it really equates to $238. You're not in a position to pay that. So you wind up getting arrested again. So, so this is a problem. And this is a big problem in California, obviously. In L.A. But it's a real problem anywhere, folks. It really is. I just wanted to point out some of the facts. Uh, the L.A. Times did a great investigative story on uh, the problem in L.A. And I thought it warranted some discussion. Now... Uh, so back in 2014, I, wow, I must look like an idiot on, on here. Uh, back in 2014, I wrote about how we might be able to solve this problem. Now, even though I already talked about the fact that we send $600 million a year to Palestinian Authority for aid and in everything that we can use the aid in, I'm still going to go on the $400 million that we are or were sending to Hamas because that's the facts that are in the blog and the calculations for what I'm about to talk to in the blog are based on that. So uh, one of the things that really bothered me, and this came from, um, this came from the annual homeless assessment report. And really what bothers me there folks is that yes, we're spending Congress dollars and Congress time to come up with a annual homelessness assessment report. And in 2012, I'm sorry, 2013, the number in the report was just shy of 700,000 homeless individuals on any given night in this country on the street. So first thing that ticks me off is that we have a report for that. Second thing that ticks me off is that on any given night, there's almost a million people, almost three quarters of a million people on the streets across this country. Now, you want to get a little more pissed off, 12% of them, or roughly 58,000 on any given night, are veterans. 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 That really pisses me off. Because we're the only country on this planet that doesn't take care of our veterans. There are no homeless veterans in any other country. There may be some homeless people in other countries, and I think we have, I think we take the bait. I think we really take the cake, the cup, the juice. Oh, speaking of juice. On the homeless number in this country, or for other countries. But there is no other country that allows a homeless person who's a veteran to be on the street. How do we do something about this? How do we do something about this? My idea was shipping containers. And people are like, what? Shipping containers? What, do you want to pack them all up and ship them out of here? No. Shipping containers, man. Steel containers are shipped across the world. You see them. You see them on ships. You see them on trains. 
But then when, when they're done with them or they upgrade them, and there's nothing wrong with them, they sell them off, they junk them, fill them with concrete and dump them in the ocean. I don't know. Some of them, during rough seas, wind up in the ocean anyway. But they come in a variety of sizes. And here's the thing. You can get them for anywhere from free to about $5,000 a container. The standard size is like 20 by 40. Okay? That's like the standard size. So here's the thing. Here's my proposal. According to my blog. I'm, and I'm glad that I have the opportunity to talk about this. And it's a good read, actually. I've had some uh, some great com- compliments about the, uh, the, the write-in. But, so let's take... Let's take the $400 million back, okay? Let's get it back, put it back in a bank. Let's get some interest on it. Let's get that money growing while we're thinking about this, okay? So now the money's back in our coffers. And now let's take let's take one container. Let's take one 20 by 40 shipping container. Let's say we pay $5,000 for it, okay? Although I checked it out. Online, folks, you can get a 20 by 40 in nice condition for around a thousand or less. But I'm going with five thousand dollars because I want you to understand my point. So now I don't claim to know what goes into uh, the construction on the inside. Obviously, you know, putting up frame, putting up walls, whatever you want to do. I don't claim to know what that costs. But after talking to a couple of people, it sounds like it might roughly be about $30,000. Okay? And that is not... that, that That's like to give you the basic frame up in, in, insulation on the inside walls. Put up drywall. Some furnishing. Some basic furnishing. Some basic plumbing. And solar panels on the roof. So now we just built a self-sustainable house for about $35,000. Now, of course, it's about the size of a nice-sized hotel room. And if you go to my blog, you'll actually see some cutaways, uh, some graphics with some cutaways that show, one of them shows a single-wide split into two rooms, and one shows uh, a double-wide with, uh, you know, a, a couple other things. I mean, you know... Th- this is not a new idea. I mean, it's not a new idea to build with these things. A lot of people are building homes with these things. A lot of people are building malls out of these things, strip malls, corporate complexes. So there's things being done with these. So the idea of using them for this is is my idea. You, you can call it new if you want. But the idea of building homes and offices and other things uh, is not new. So, so I'm talking about $35,000 or so that makes a nice, small, basic needs for a homeless person to have a roof over their head. It's self-sustainable. It's green. So, and it, so it's affordable for the future. And you're recycling these containers. So, now if we take the $400 million that we put back in the bank... Okay, and we made these homes. Do you know we could build 11,428 
of these homes at the price tag of $35,000 each with that $400 million. 11,428. And you can set up little tiny villages. So you can so you can do that. Now, thank you to Mr. Tony Richards. He dropped a link for plans for shipping containers. And it's a very long link. I'm not going to try to spell it out. But whether you go now live or you come back to Spreaker.com, the Joel Mahalik Show, and look at the comments later, the link will be in the comments. And I'll probably put it somewhere else. We'll get that transferred over to the Facebook page. And there's also another link or two inside my blog, uh, which talks about it. But 11,428 homes is a really good start to the to the problem, to the homeless problem. Uh, we can start putting these people in the homes. Now the question comes up, what if these people really don't want to be in these homes? And I get that. I know that there's a psychological thing and that there are some people that don't, they're, they're out there asking for help, they're peddling for help, but they really don't want help. I mean, a friend of mine I work with, doesn't carry cash, who does anymore, sees a guy holding a sign up, wants food, feels bad, drives down to a McDonald's, comes back with a gift card, and the guy took the gift card and threw it back in his face, said, I don't want your effing food card money, you know, food card, I want money. It's kind of strange to me, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, your sign said you were hungry. So there is a psychological thing that we can't explain. Okay, so there are going to be people that don't want the help. But look at the help that we can start generating. If you can put somebody into a small home like this, that gets them out of the elements and into something that they can call their own. And then you say, here it is. You owe us nothing for this. But now from this point forward, you need to get out there and find a job. The biggest problem is now you're off the street, you're in a little furnished apartment, whatever you want to call it, furnished, you have plumbing, you can take a shower, you can sleep. you got to do the next step. You've got to do the next thing. There are a lot of organizations that go out of their way to do a lot of things for the homeless, and I applaud every single one of them. But I think that if we stopped sending so much money to other countries, I mean, guys... If we found life on another planet, I mean, this government would send the money for no reason. I'm just saying, let's put the money to some good use here. It makes sense. It makes sense. It makes dollars and cents. This is money that, I mean, we need infrastructure here, but no, let's send $600 million a year somewhere else for their infrastructure, for their education. Meanwhile, we have the stupidest kids in the world eating Tide Pods and homeless people on the street to the tune of almost three quarters of a million of them on any given night across this country. We can do this. We can do this. So, that's my rant about about homelessness. That's my rant. It's uh, it's a terrible thing. It's a terrible thing. It's solvable. We can do this. We just have to pull this money back. Way too much money. 
And a good thing, uh, you know, and I get it. I get it that, you know, if you're on welfare and you're collecting welfare money and, and this kind of money, I, I, I know that sometimes it works out better than going out and working. And that's a different topic. Uh, and, you know, from the homeless, the homelessness problem. We, we do have a problem spending money in the welfare system, but we have a serious problem sending money out of this country and not paying attention to the problems we have right here, including homelessness. So that is my rant. So when I come back from this quick break, man, we have Wombat of the Week. I got some more shout-outs, at least one shout-out. I'm looking at my little notes here. I have at least one shout-out left. And uh, I'm going to also talk about, um, I'm going to update you on Counterpart. Remember we, were, remember we were talking about Counterpart? I'm going to update you on that. So Facebook Live, Spreaker.com, that's where it's all going on, no matter where you're at. We're covered, and I'll be back right after this. This message is for all of you sitting in the passenger seat. And apologies if it gets a little uncomfortable, but how does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text is more important than your life? Someone who takes their eyes off the road while speeding along in a three-ton hunk of steel. Freaky, right? Well, why not just ask them to stop? Or better yet, volunteer to text for them. It might be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Broadcasting from a crummy little studio in Baltimore, Maryland. This is Reality One Radio. You see why we need your donations? Welcome back to the show. I'm Joel Mahalik here on the Joel Mahalik Show on Spreaker.com. That's where we are live broadcasting. I am also broadcasting live on Facebook Live over there at the Joel Mahalik Show on Facebook. Just hop on over to Facebook and I'm at JM Talk. That's how you find the page. And I'm broadcasting live right there. You can also visit me at JoelMahalik.com. You can chat with uh, myself and mostly with Mr. Tony Richards, my producer. He's chatting away over there on Spreaker.com. You got to sign up for that, though. Got to find a way around that because I, you know, I, I'm getting a lot of great props and comments about the show. I love you all for them. Thank you very much. It's it's the fuel that I use to burn. I I use your comments as fuel. Um, however, a couple people are saying they don't like having to log into a site to do chat. So. You could always send me a message on Facebook. And, um, in fact, I didn't even check that. <laughs> it's a tough job, man. It's a tough job. But anyway, follow me on Facebook at JM Talk and Twitter at WQIB Radio. So, um, okay, uh, television. Let's get into some television first. Counterpart. A couple weeks ago, uh, I talked about Counterpart with you. I talked about uh, the first episode was kind of weird. Then we talked again. Second episode wasn't doing anything for me yet. And also, I said I would give it, I think I said three or four episodes. I gave it four. I gave it, man, I gave it the college try, guys. And I ditched it. I just, I just, it's, I don't get it. Like, all the advertising they threw into this show. 
to tell us about it for like six months, ramming it down our throat. And it turned out to be, to me, just there's just no substance there. No substance. So I'm done with Counterpart. Now I'll tell you what I did today, though. <laughs> today, uh, I started Stranger Things on Netflix. Because all I hear about on Facebook is Stranger Things this and Stranger Things that. And that is up my alley. I'm really into horror and macabre and weird and stuff like that. So I, I'm two episodes in and I'm intrigued. Like, I'm, I'm hooked on the first episode. That's the kind of show that I was hoping the Counterpart would be. That it would hook me in, and it didn't. It just, in four episodes, Counterpart could not hook me. Five minutes into Stranger Things, um, uh, you know, I'm the, I'm the fish on the line. They got me. I'm hooked. So I did two episodes today. I could have gone the whole first season today, but I, I had some other things to do. I needed to talk about what I was going to do tonight to reinforce and continue to build on our relationship here between you and I. And so I couldn't spend all day doing that. Plus, I had to pay bills. I hate doing that. But anyway, uh, <laughs> so Counterpart's gone. Stranger Things on Netflix, pretty dang good. And don't be shy. Send me a message and tell me what you're watching. I just told you I'm really into horror. And that takes me to my next shout-out. Okay? So I belong to this really cool group on Facebook. And one of the problems I have with the horror genre, and I've said it before, I've been very vocal on my previous show about this, vocal on Facebook about it, is it's like, where did it go? It's gotten worse. There's no great original ideas or anything like that coming out of Hollywood. And um, so actually yesterday, I tripped into this uh, very long post on this uh, really cool page, this Facebook page, and they were talking about the found footage genre of horror, which I I do like. I know a lot of people are over it. A lot of people just don't like found footage films. I'm still kind of hooked to them. So, and so I got into this conversation, and I got I got this list. I have like a list here with uh, some great stuff on it. Already watched one of them last night. Hell House, LLC. And I'm like, I, my faith has been restored, right? So I wanted to give a shout out to the Facebook group, True Horror Fans. Because they really helped me find some good stuff to watch. You know, when you have all these services that, that you know, you're paying for, like Hulu, Netflix, Amazon Prime, you know... You think to yourself, I have all these cable channels, and then I got all these services, and it's, you know, you can sift through and go through and look at the directories, and, and, um, and you, you can hope. But when you can latch on to some people that truly are like-minded like you, and you can get some real opinions from people who want the same thing you do, then that is really cool. And that's what happened. So I got I got a great list of movies to watch. Already knocked one of them off the list. And uh, true horror fans on Facebook. A great bunch of people over there. Shout out to them. Thanks for bringing back 
uh, restoring some faith in horror movies to me. Now, the notebook for tonight is finally closed. That took care of all that stuff I wanted to talk about from there. But now we have to talk about the Wombat of the Week. Now, if you don't know, the Wombat of the Week is a segment that... Uh, I go I, I go out and I sift through stories that I'm looking at. I sift through stories that come in from the listenership of stupid people doing stupid things. And when, if you've never just went out and looked at that, just put that kind of search in Google, you will not believe the amount of people you will find. And I call them wombats. And not that I'm calling them wombats based on the cute furry little creature. That's not what's going on. Uh, it is uh, derogatory. Sorry. So this week's Wombat of the Week actually sent in, the winner was sent in by our very own producer, Mr. Tony Richards. And this takes place in Maryland. And uh, Tony's from Maryland, so it was a no-brainer, I guess. But it's a shame when you pick up your local paper and you find these kinds of people in a local paper. I mean, I have to actually go out and look for these kinds of people. But anyway, police in Maryland say a car blew up when a man inside it lit a cigarette after spritzing himself with an aerosol body spray. I mean, I don't know if he was trying to do an axe commercial or what. But the cigarette and spray combination caused a sudden and violent expansion of the air molecules inside the car on Thursday, creating a boom... That pushed the roof up, shattered the front window, and blew the doors open. And this is all according to Baltimore County Police Spokeswoman Jennifer Peach as she told it to the Baltimore Sun. Peach also said that the driver appeared unharmed and was taken to a hospital to check for hearing damage. But Baltimore County Police said on its social media that the man was taken to a burn unit with some serious injuries as well. So, um... Now, here's the interesting thing about the story as far as Wombat of the Week goes, but the man wasn't identified, so the story itself will be getting the Wombat of the Week award because we don't have uh, we don't have a guy to stamp the Wombat photo on, onto. <laughs> so, but seriously, I mean, isn't it a little bit of common sense to know that you don't spray an alcohol-based aerosol around the area you're in and then light a cigarette or a match or anything like that. I, I mean, I think it's common sense. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. So, but this guy, this wombat, apparently he sprayed it in there. And I guess what happened was, um, I think I did hear that he either had a heat on or something. So the spray, is it gets pulled into the circulation system inside a car. So now it's spreading this aerosol throughout the vehicle. And you just have that build-up going on. I thought it was common sense. Maybe that's my mistake. Maybe it's my mistake to think that people actually use common sense anymore. My apologies. But there's our Wombat of the Week. You can send your stories to me at Facebook. You can send your stories to me at joelmaholicradio at gmail.com. Send me your stories of stupid people doing stupid things, and we'll see who wins. Right now, I'm making the sole decision. And then as we get a bigger audience each week that's live, we will make it interactive in some shape or form. But that's how you do it for now. So, oh, this tea is good. I got a great comment last week. 
I said on the show that I was not drinking Long Island iced tea. It was regular iced tea. Diet iced tea, actually. But I got a really nice comment from someone who said that it's no big deal. Drink Long Island's away if I wanted to. I'm still not, but it was really nice to hear the support from the audience. (laughs) I can't imagine myself drunk on this show. Anyway. uh, So... On our way out the door, I want to talk to you about a new twist coming out uh, on scams. I mean, everything and everyone is trying to scam everyone and everything out of money. And just when I think that they've gone the lowest of the low to scam you, then I read about something else and I lose faith that we're ever going to climb above this problem. And now this new twist comes on fake job interviews. So what we're finding out is that con artists now use online video conferencing services like Skype or Yahoo Messenger or uh, Google Hangouts or something like that. And uh, to do a fake interview with you. And during the interview, you're asked to download a file pertaining to the job. The file contains malware that may allow the scammer to access your passwords, financial accounts, your computer. Typical, just a new way of getting these scams to you. And it, it just drives me crazy. So, and I know this happens. I know because I'm the technology manager at my company and they conduct interviews using messenger services for video interviews. Because I set them up. So I know it's happening. What you need to be on the defensive about if you're doing that type of interview is don't accept any downloads from the interviewer. I mean, unless you really trust them. It's like anything else. It's like, you know, when you get email and the email has an attachment, what do I always tell you? I always tell you if you do not trust the source, do not download the material. If you did not solicit the material, don't download the material. You have no idea what could be lurking in it. And now they found a way to get you. Now you're on an interview. You think it's a real interview. So you're going to think it's a real file. So, I, I mean, I, I would I, I would say something like, I'm going, to, I'm going to call you directly after the interview. And we'll talk about how I can get that information. I'm not comfortable downloading it onto my computer. Because I think if you set it in such a way like that, I think what will happen is is they're going to mumbo jumbo or something like that. And they're going to probably back down. They might even shut down. I mean, when I have caught scammers midstream and addressed them, like on the phone, they hang right up. As soon as they know they've been had, they cut it off. So you got, you got to remember these things. Uh, but this really surprised me, you know, just a, a brand new way to get the, the garbage into your hands, into your computer. So scratch that one off the list that goes over there into that pile. Um, also remember folks, it is tax season. Okay. And it's just, that's like Christmas. It's Christmas season to the scammers. 
because they'll come out of the woodwork to try to scam you out of your money. Scare you into the fact that you owe the IRS. <laughs> I know I owe the IRS. I make payments every month to the IRS. Uh, but it, it's all BS when they call you and threaten that a SWAT team is around the corner. And if you don't pay us in 30 minutes, they're going to bang your door down and arrest you and murder your kids and whatever else they say on these stupid scams. It's BS. Okay? When you owe IRS money, they contact you through snail mail. And if you don't respond after a couple of times, you'll know they're looking for Excuse me. They'll know that you're that they're looking for you. But they don't call you up and threaten you. And, 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 and whatever else. So be wary of accents. Anyone who calls and says they're with the IRS and you owe them money. You know, they do it in such a way that they scare you. You may not even owe them money, but they're using a scare tactic. Hoping that you will forego that. And just give up the money. That's what they do. So my best defense against that is to hang up the phone. Because they're full of soup and shit. So. But this is Christmas time to the scammers right now. IRS time. Christmas time. It's their national holiday. And this stuff is real, folks. This is a multi-billion dollar a year business. Scamming us out of money. So, as I said, the guy with the spraying axe in his car and then lighting a cigarette, no common sense. It really just exercise common sense when you get these kinds of phone calls or emails. Just exercise some common sense. That's all you have to do. Realize some things like the IRS isn't going to call and sound like they're from, you know, uh, the Middle East somewhere and screaming at me. They're not going to do that. You know? FedEx is not going to send me a delivery receipt in my email. It's common sense. No banking institution or email service or cloud-based service that you have is ever going to contact you with an email or phone and ask you for personal information. So these are all these are all warning signs that you can use. So anyway, uh, just to remind everybody to stop by and. Check me out on the web at joelmahalik.com. Joel, M-I-C-H-A-L-E-C.com. Look for the new design coming in the coming weeks. Um, because that's being done. If you want to chat with me doing a live broadcast, you can do so over there at spreaker.com. And listen, it, you don't have to really sign up and get a username, password, email. You can just hit the Facebook button and you can sign in with your own Facebook. It's much easier. And you don't have to know the password to remember. So sign up with Facebook and you can chat with me faster. Also follow me on Facebook at JM Talk and at Twitter at WQIB Radio. The various ways you can get a hold of me here at the program. Check out the Facebook uh, page because link to the blog, Joel Mahalik Randoms, is on there. And you can go back in the history and take a look at that homeless uh, report that an op-ed that I did. And uh, any of the other random stuff, if you want to take a, a gander at reading, is all right there. So I want to thank everybody who joined me on Facebook tonight. Please send me your comments. I want to know what you thought. Did it work? Did you think it was interesting, a new interesting take on listening to the program? Uh, These are all things that I use to evaluate what our next steps are in this evolution. 
And until next Sunday, don't forget to set your clocks ahead and lose that hour of sleep Saturday night because I want you to be here on time Sunday. So don't forget to do that. That's next week. Hi, Darlene, checking in on the Facebook at the, on my way out the door. But make sure you do that because I want to make sure you're on time Sunday night for the broadcast. So next Saturday night and Sunday, we're going ahead. I want to thank everybody for listening, for watching. See you guys. And I'll check you guys out next Sunday. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs>